I suffer from a debilitating condition known as atropic shockitis. Peter's one of the greatest depositors I've ever seen. Trust the process. Let's go. Let's go. I got auto match with Levitan. This is bullshit. If I just go the other way in that 66, I win all the money. All the money. If I had 150 lineups, I'd win too. Process over results. Hey everyone. How about that? Oh, we are back. Was I just talking to myself? Thank God I look at the chat. Are we back? Oh, no, don't worry. Don't worry. I'll, I'll give all my, I'll give all my Red Pro takes again. Um, goodness. See, the way my mic works is it has these like very sensitive, like touch sensors on the side. And sometimes when I'm you know, doing a bit like pouring coffee into the mic, I bump it. I, it would have been, it would have been funny if I just did this entire show on mute. It would have made for, for more good tilt. What was I saying about Hunter Renfro? Oh, I was saying <laughs> that weeks where, you know, AFC's Cooper Cup at 6,100, you know, puts up however many points did he have? What did he have? 30 some points? I'm just going to lose. I'm okay with that. I was saying that someone came and trolled me in the comments of my video. I don't even remember what I said about him yesterday morning. Um, no idea. But uh, look, that's what happens. I really don't want to recap this GPP slate. It was brutal for me. It was it was brutal on a few different levels because one, these are the weeks we talk about wanting to win when they're really low scoring weeks, that's when the GPP bros can really shine when the cash game bros outside of Hunter Renfro don't put up big scores. On top of that, I, uh, I felt, and this sounds like the bit, the most amount of copium you'll ever hear, but I fucking crushed late swaps. Like I, I had all my late swaps set up. I had pivots to Melvin Gordon to Jamar chase, um, I made a lot of good late swaps and it just didn't matter. I was so dusted in the 1 PM that it didn't fucking matter. So I'm, uh, normally when I update my spreadsheets, you know, normally on a GPP week, if I have like six to $700 in play, I'm normally at the worst getting back a couple hundred, you know, I've been managing to eke out those min caches. No full on bagel yesterday, zero, zero points returned. 
GM says, PJ, is it safe to say the PSM model is broken because I'm fairly certain that Hunter Renfro does no longer reside within that model? Yeah, the problem is, is, you know, you could say the PSM model is fixed because now we have George Kittle destroying worlds. Uh, but yes, I, I do hear you on that. Donald Parham on the hands team yesterday muffs that onside kick. So yeah, the PSM model's down bad with Hunter Renfro. Shit, I did the PSM model thing, like saying ATM machine. One min cash for Tyler. One min cash. Antonio Gibson is dead to me. Let's just all do the results-oriented shit that we do as great humans. Yeah, I will say going into this week, uh, there were lots of wide receivers I liked. There were lots of minis I liked, you know. Um, running back was super, super tough. Um, because the best plays looked like Jeff Wilson Jr. at 4,400, Antonio Gibson at 6,000. Unfortunately, those guys projected to be extremely popular. Um, and it was another one of those weeks where I look at, you know, the top 10 ceiling projected running backs and they're all projected for 10 to 25 percentage ownership. Nothing standing out to me from a leverage standpoint. And it was it was really hard to to land on running backs. The one play that I liked that I, I talked about yesterday that I thought would be a little contrarian was Deontay Foreman. Is it Deontay or Dante? I don't I can't have a mute show and a name mispronunciation show. Dante Foreman? Dante Foreman. So that play felt good. I was kind of on myself because I was looking at stuff yesterday morning and I was like, God damn it. I wish one of these Seahawks wide receivers or running backs projected slightly better. I said that in our uh, tilt space chat because I was like, there, there has to be something here with this matchup. And I had just been too burned too many times by Rashad Penny as a season long bro. You know, the guy you take in the 18th round and redacted. First round pick, big, toolsy, smooth, but just hurt every other play. So I'm like, eh, can't play Rashad Penny. I'll play Rex Burkhead instead. Donta Foreman's fine. Like on a week like this where you get 14.2 points from a 4.5% Donta Foreman, I feel decent about that play. We can start looking at some of these lineups. Finished 12th in the spy or finished 12th in the 50K spin move and the 50K double spy. Mm. Yeah, the thing that's uh that's tough about Gibson is he just has multiple paths to failure, you know? between the negative game script and losing pass work to uh to McKissick and and this week it was just the negative game script like you know kind of showing that as much as we want him to be on the field you know there there was all of this kind of wish casting that Antonio Gibson would be this full blown bell cow back and we were talking about it a little bit on the tilt space. I'll, I'll pull up a lineup here in a sec. I, I can't bring myself to pull up these lineups. I'm so, <laughs> so demoralized. But, you know, Antonio Gibson was another one of those, like when you're when I'm staring at my ownership projections in my spreadsheet and I see 25% on Antonio Gibson, I'm like, okay, I, I can deal with 25% Antonio Gibson but then kind of ignoring the small field multiplier that we need to make on him. And then of course he comes in at 42% in this contest here in the big spy. So this was a lineup here that was centered on that Bill's Tampa Bay stack late. So going early, I had Gibson, 
I had Foreman, and I had Ravens D. So I was down bad. I was down bad early. Um, this initial lineup, this initial lineup had uh, Godwin and Cole Beasley in it. And I, I wanted to stay on this stack. Um, I thought I could still stay on this stack, but I needed to make some tweaks. I needed to get off of, you know, what I knew would be the really chalky plays in that game or not really chalky, but more chalky, obviously Godwin and then Beasley. So I pivoted Beasley to Sanders. Ben Gretsch was getting me a little hyped on uh, Sanders this morning or yesterday morning. And then, of course, just making the Godwin to Evans to kind of lower my cumulative ownership. And then I had this Jerry Judy Brock Wright. I don't think I ever would have played Brock Wright had uh, Leone not talked about him and he was looking decent in the ETR projections as a pump play. But this lineup was just dusted. I mean, just completely dusted. I mean, Josh Allen gets me a 40 ball and it doesn't matter. What took down the big spy? Bear down, took it down, 210 points. Joe Burrow to Jamar Chase. Very nice. Play Fournette and Kamara. Cole Beasley. Josh Palmer. Austin Hooper, Cowboys D. Easy game. Beasley, Fournette, Mini. Punt. Josh Palmer and Austin Hooper. And then a skinny stack. Mm. Yeah, I... What what took second here? A Josh Allen team? Look, yesterday was so bad that you could win with Antonio Gibson in your lineup. Antonio Gibson, five points... This guy won with Laquan Treadwell in his lineup. One thing I'm kicking myself on, I and I'll look at some of these lineups. I had some Rex Burkhead, Tyler Lockett minis. We had one of those on the tilt space as well. And it's, again, one of those spots where, it, yes, it was slightly cheaper, you know, Rex, than uh, Rashad Penny, but it's like, why are you forcing in the fucking mini correlation instead of just making a bigger bet on the team you know is going to roll? But Leone wouldn't really let me beat myself up about this too much because we had actual meaningful news on Rex Burkhead with David Johnson ruled out before the game yesterday, whereas with Rashad Penny, it was still looking like a pretty pure 50-50 split between him and Alex Collins, whereas Rex Burkhead's only competition was going to be Royce Freeman. But I think it was just the combination that I had a hunch uh, about someone from the Seahawks backfield and just didn't land there. But that Lockett-Penny combo was obviously uh, real nice. Paul says, I like some Burkhead, but wanted to play someone late. Then you were sort of forced to play Wilson. Not great for late running backs. Yeah, that was what was so hard about building lineups too. And I think I mentioned this yesterday. We mentioned this on the show Friday with Gary that you're, I was building these lineups I liked. And then I was like, shit, I have one guy going at 1 p.m. I will say because yesterday's 1 p.m. slate was fairly underwhelming. Well, not even. You still had big performances. You were still chasing Lockett teams. You were still chasing Hunter Renfro teams, Kamara teams. So having that information is super, super helpful. I think I, I'm, I like being in that range where I'd say the perfect amount of guys, like I'd love it to be balanced. Like I'd love to have, you know, five guys early and four late where I can have enough late swap, you know, flexibility. Let's see, uh, this was, he, so here's my Burkhead uh, Locket Mini right here. We have, uh, similar to running back, it was really tough uh, to kind of land on quarterbacks this week. Um, I ended up kind of going with uh the the Allen late and then I did a Cam Newton and Taysom Hill in my other spy lineup. 
I knew Taysom was going to be, you know, much more popular than Cam. So I thought Cam was fine here. Looked like we were going to be off to a great start. And then he's getting yanked in and out of the game. But fine with Cam here at 6.4%. I think, did I leave this lineup? Did I have a late swap on this one? This lineup I actually left. Here I was bragging about my late swaps, and now I don't even have any of the lineups I actually did my good late swaps on to show you. Um, but feel pretty good about this construction overall. Um, and this was one I let ride because I thought with the Cam, the Kamara, the Burkhead, and obviously the Locket, that I was in decent shape. I knew the Diggs-Evans wasn't going to be mega chalk. Too much fucking Brock Wright. This one I looked at swaps, but it was really, really hard to find uh, swaps I liked in this one. And it was, again, just one of those on the fence where I wasn't quite sure. I thought it was about 50-50 whether I should swap or not. This one was on the min-cash line for most of the afternoon and then just got dusted late. We were talking a lot about Wood Julio get steamed. Um, I I'm fine with Julio at 14% at that price tag at 5,400. I think that's fine. Very happy with this Rex locket mini outside of my Rashad penny wanting. It was, it was weird trying to figure out who was going to get squeezed. So we, we talked about it on the tilt space and do I have it in this lineup? Yeah, we can look at this third lineup. I'm bouncing around. I'm demoralized this morning, but this, this CD lamb ownership fucking killed me, killed me. Like 23% for CD lamb. And I think, yeah, looking in my sheet, I had CD lamb at 8% ownership and he comes in at 23%. I didn't need, and I don't, I didn't even think Dak was getting steam. I do really think it was people were like, oh, how can I get creative with Antonio Gibson in my roster? Like everyone wanted to play Antonio Gibson and he like, I don't understand why CD Lamb comes in at 23% here. Who was talking about CD Lamb? I didn't hear anyone talking about CD Lamb last week. Oh, is this what? Did someone flag plant? I didn't get to listen to Establish the Million uh, this week. <sighs> I can't believe it. Fucking Leone and Dink steaming CD Lamb. It was funny too because Leone was in our group chat worried that uh Julio Jones was gonna get steamed. And I did not tell him that I had put Julio Jones on the thumbnail for yesterday. Six unchecked Brock Wright from his simulations. Yeah, so this one I did do the James O'Shaughnessy and Julio Jones mini. Um I, I, I'm happy with both James O and Brock Wright because not only were they cheaper than Jared Cook and Austin Hooper, but they still projected pretty similarly. I guess there's a lot more uncertainty with kind of the uh, the Brock Wright uh, projection just because he's a little bit more of an unknown compared to these guys. But O'Shaughnessy had been, has been rock solid uh, as far as kind of earning targets in that offense. So I don't feel bad about that. Um, this was one, I believe I late swapped. So on this team, I had, I did have Jeff Wilson jr. Going and let's see, who was the other guy? I had Jeff Wilson jr. And digs on this one. And I pivoted it to Melvin Gordon and Jamar chase. And that's, that's part of the reason why I'm tilting so much um, because 
I, it just feels so good to hit a fucking pivot to Jamar Chase and Melvin Gordon. Although it looks like a decent amount of people had to pivot to Jamar Chase as well because he comes in at 14.8% and he was uh, projected to be uh, around 8%. So I guess, I guess that checks out a little bit. But man, nailing the Melvin Gordon pivot off of Jeff Wilson at 1.4% and not being able to capitalize on it just tilts the shit out of me. My thought process on not stacking Chase with Kittle. Um, I mean, I thought that was a perfectly viable um, mini correlation. Uh, I looked at when I was doing my uh, my uh, my late swap stuff. I was looking at George Kittle ones. I ended up liking Debo uh, more for my late swaps. And in this lineup, I had James O'Shaughnessy locked. James O'Shaughnessy was locked at one... Um, but I did have some 2v2s uh, with Brock Wright that I was considering. On one of our Tilt Space teams, we pivoted to a George Kittle. But I thought the Debo chase was just as nice uh, as the Debo Kittle. Obviously, Debo ended up being a little limited yesterday, and George Kittle smashed again. Um, But Kittle, you were paying 6900 for nice for a 21-point ceiling. And Debo, you were paying 8000 for a 30-point ceiling. So I ended up just kind of liking that Debo side better. And there was it was just easier, I thought, to kind of punt at tight end than it was at wide receiver. Champ here, thank you for the donation, sir. I had over 200 lineup and did not import that lineup to all the rake-free tournaments that could have won me over $6,500. No, champ. No. Yeah, I've been... I've gotten better about layering my tournaments. So yesterday I made five teams, and it was honestly one too much. I've generally been in the four range, and I made five, and I was scrambling a little bit. Um, But I've been... I. <laughs> Part of part of why I made five, and this is my stupid fucking brain. There's that $33 five max. And I was like, oh, I'll make five. And then I can just put all my single entry teams into that five max. I'm a genius. And then I'm scrambling to make my fifth lineup. I actually had made my lineups. I've been making my lineups kind of in my spreadsheet so I can just quickly check the ownership and the ceiling. And then I'm trying to scramble to get them imported before lock. Five is too much for me. And then we made four teams for the tilt space and then one team with Karain because Karain was coming on the tilt space. So I ended up making 10 teams yesterday, which is just too much. It's too much and certainly doesn't help when you get dusted. We are on to the showdown cram for sure. Mentally, we have already moved on to the showdown cram. We'll do it. Uh, let's see. Tonight, probably around 7.40 p.m. Eastern time. I'm excited about this game. We have uh, Rams, Cardinals, 51.5 point over under. Should be a nice one. The Sims loved Jakeem Grant last night. We don't do showdown crams on Sundays, but uh, Jakeem Grant looked like the best flex play, and he delivered. So we'll see what the Sims are cooking up uh, later today. I'll also be back at 2.30 for splash play with spags we'll welcome some people to the family how did i do on showdown last night ah uh, bad bad the thing is i i say this on the showdown cramps i play the lottos i'm playing the the biggest 20 max stuff sixty thousand entries so i'm in full-on don't dupe me bro territory I pretty much am at peace knowing what I'm going to get dusted for most of the year. And I'm just trying to solo ship a 20 max. I check my dupes after I was in pretty good shape for dupes. I think half of my 20 lineups were unduped in the big 20 max, but yeah, not going to win on most weeks. My, my best showdown finish. I was so close. I was so close on that bills that Bills showdown slate versus the Pats on Monday night. If Zach Moss scores a TD there at the end, 
And Leone sent me a fucking video of Zach Moss should have bounced it outside and scored. If he scores, I solo ship one of those 20 maxes for 25K. God damn it, Zach Moss. Den Den. May or may not have been showdown thanks to someone touting Jakeen Grant on the tilt's face. Wow. Congrats, Den Den. Thank you for that. Very nice of you. I, uh, I mean... I'm telling you when I when I when I'm touting a guy, I'm just telling you what the sim said. I uh all I do is I look at the sim frequency that they appear in the flex, and then I compare it to aggregated ownership, and I look for the optimal leverage there. And Jacream Grant was absolutely popping. The model I don't think was counting on uh him. What did he return a punt? Or did he return a kick? I didn't watch the game. I was watching the succession finale. But congratulations to the showdown thought leaders out there. Let's check out the Deposit Kingdom tournament. No, I do not do single entry in showdowns. I think I do not begrudge anyone who does. It is just not the sweat for me. I find it to be a brutal sweat. I kind of like having the uh, the 20 max set, hoping that you get one or two that are relatively live. Kyle says, maybe results-oriented, but felt that the Kelsey-Moreau stack was suboptimal because you'd be looking, locking in flex so early with four interesting games, two that were flexed there. Yeah, I did run out a Mahomes double stack. I can pull this lineup up here. I think it was the red zone, or was it, was it this one? Nope, that was my Lamar Jackson lineup. This was another tilting one. This was another tilting one. This lineup almost cashed five points out of the cash line, and I took a 1.1 from Lamar Jackson. This is another one where I had late pivots to Debo, Palmer, Barkley, Jamar Chase. I read Karain's walkthrough, and he he said it was it set up well for DPJ. So I, I tailed him on this one in this in this bigger contest. What's the what's the other single entry I was in? Um, where are you? Where are you? Uh oh, the end zone. <laughs> Please stop double stacking. Why? Double stacks have been taking down tournaments. I can show you <laughs> winning tournament teams from about four of the past five weeks that all had double stacks. Um, the bringbacks is where you get in trouble. The bringbacks are where you get in trouble. Double stack is still full on blast off mode. Um, Patrick Mahomes, Tyree Kill, Pringle. Pretty stoked to get Pringle there at 1.6%. And I brought it back with Foster Moreau to your point, Kyle, I, I didn't want to eat two flexes. I thought Moreau started to look pretty good from kind of a ceiling and ownership perspective. So I liked how that shook out to kind of get access to that game with two pump plays. Um, This one was also a late swap. And this one, initially I had Jeff Wilson and T Higgins and I pivoted it to Barkley and Palmer. And this one is just another, like, you know, another team where I had Gibson and Lamb. I guess he's a little less here at uh, at 20%. He was 22 in the other, 18.7 here. But this Antonio Gibson ownership is just so beyond tilting. You guys are assholes this morning. Um, I am not worried about uh, min cash equity. Um, I love, though, eking out a min cash uh, after lineups are locked. I think I'm allowed to tilt Lamar Jackson not getting me a min cash because he left in the first quarter. Um, Deposit Kingdom tournament here. Obua, congratulations, 195.82. Josh Allen to Cole Beasley uh, in Knox, avoids the Stefan Diggs. 
which has been a kind of a nice strategy this year. A lot of the Josh Allen double stacks uh, without digs have been, have been doing well. Amari Cooper, 20% in the deposit kingdom. Look at this Daryl Williams play at 0.5%. Pretty sick there. That Darrell Williams Chiefs is nice. I like the thought process on that because your exact game script hits the Chiefs blowout and the defense in the secondary running back gets there. Mike Evans is the bring back over Godwin. Of course, in the Deposit Kingdom tournament, Mike Evans is still 20%. Josh Palmer, punt. Alvin Kamara, early. Just a really nice, solid lineup. You got access to, to all the spots, to all the best spots on the slate. The best game, Tampa Bay and Buffalo. Arguably the best running back play on the slate from just a ceiling perspective. I'm sure Austin Eckler stands might have something to say about that. The Chiefs in that smash spot versus the Raiders, but you avoid, you know, the expensive Tyreek Hill and Travis Kelsey price tags. The Cowboys in a really nice spot against Washington. You sidestep the CD Lamb team for Amari. And then you're on team Joshua Palmer over Jalen Guyton. I think they kind of tied that one. I know Guyton had uh had more points, but still feel feel good about the process there on Joshua Palmer over Guyton. Very nice lineup. Congratulations. Min cash the kingdom at 107. There you go. 111 positions play, pay. 107 cashes it. Let's see. Coney Dog ended up in 24th. Let's see what Coney Dog was up to. Is this your handle, Coney Dog? A small. Oh, you split with Coney Dog. Okay, there's Tigers there. Wait, did you guys dupe each other? Okay, no, that would have been incredible uh, if you guys duped each other there. Josh Allen, Diggs. Ooh, the RSJ at uh, 5%. Amari Cooper, Mini. Mike Evans, Diggs, Mini. Kamara, Jeff Wilson, Palmer, Browns, D. I didn't end up playing uh, any Browns D because I was worried about them being super chalky and I played mainly Ravens D and that certainly backfired on me. But I think this is a solid team. This is a solid team. It's like a, a cash adjacent kind of team, which I think are perfectly you know viable in these size contests. Fifth place for M. Neff. Cows, King. Cows, Cows, King. Cowskin? Cowskin. I can't fucking read this morning. My God. <laughs> Cowskin giant killer. That took me a while. Uh, the Joe Burrow to Jamar Chase. I love that. With Jeff Wilson Jr. on the bring back. See, I think this is what happens. This is another new meta that we need to think about for plays that people get on that might be popular. I love that Jamar Chase is 24%, but the stack around the around the chalk running back. So everyone wants to play Antonio Gibson. Oh, how can I be unique around that? Oh, I'll play Dak and CeeDee Lamb. Oh, everyone's going to play Jeff Wilson. How can I be unique around that? I'll do Joe Burrow and Jamar Chase. But I obviously love that stack there 
You didn't force anything with the double stack with T. Higgins. Kamara. In a contest like this, is Kamara just on all these top teams? No. Here's a Gibson team at the top. Let me go back to Cows King. One off Tyreek Hill here. And then kind of some of the other best points per dollar plays there. Chiefs D was real nice. Trying to see what I had in my stuff about Chiefs D. I don't know why I didn't play more Chiefs D. They look good. They look good. I had a hard time saving the money. I, I was trying even to get up to Falcons D in a lot of spots. And then I'd be like, well, I need $500. So I guess I'm going to go down to the Jets and the Texans. My three DST plays totaled zero points. Yeah. Yesterday at the tilt space, we were staring at our Texans defensive play that had minus one. Yeah. Some weeks it's easier said than done getting up to those defenses. Generally, I do a pretty good job living in that, you know, 2,800 range. But this week, I punted it off at defense and I paid. Anyone else here? Silas, 192nd. I think I was 199, Skylar. So we were, or Silas, we were down there together. Yeah, I was 199. And you were 192nd. Oh, you had the Lamar Jackson too. You're not allowed to tilt, not min caching though. We don't play for min caches around here. Like the Donta Foreman rolled out the Lamar Jackson double stack there, bring it back with Landry. Look at that, Chenault. I saw Silva had Chenault in his game changer lineup. Love it. What did Silva, does, it, does anyone remember what Silva ended up finishing? Did he get third in the game changer? It was a sick team. It's just, it's just the toughest of scenes. I gotta, I, I should send Silas my signed LaVisca Chenault helmet. He deserves it. He's the one still playing LaVisca. This was, is this an all 1 PM team? Look at that. Silas must've been going out for a late brunch. Didn't want to worry about late swap. 1 p.m. only. I've, I keep forgetting to update my spreadsheet. It's it's funny how when I'm losing, I forget to update my spreadsheet. I'll get it updated and show next week. But rough, rough few weeks here. Uh, been generally eking out the min caches to kind of keep me from sliding too much. Uh, at least I didn't play the double spy this week, but we do lose our $300 in spy entries. Fine. I'll show you. I'll, we'll look at one more dust lineup. And then I need to go. I need to finish the newsletter. I'm going to get a booster shot today. I got splash play. I got to record the first look show. Busy day. Busy day. We'll do the showdown cram tonight. 195 for Brandon. Brandon with a Taysom Hill team, but had that Antonio Gibson grenade. Look at this team. No snowflakes. Well, you, you have the fire in ice, the fire in the anchor, and then otherwise just like a perfectly mediocre team. 14 points, 15 points, 12 points, 14 points, 11 points, 18 points. CD Lamb, 26% in the deposit kingdom. Oh, GPP bros, steaming our plays up to cash game level ownership. So this is one, Brandon, where I'm probably I'm probably late swapping off of Mike Williams and one of like Beasley or Gronk. Gronk actually comes in low here, but. I do think with 
the Gibson, the Foreman, the Seahawks, you probably don't want to eat the Mike Williams chalk. That's just my hunch. That's just my hunch. But you did have a lot of PMR left, so I get it. It's tough. Gem City got third. DJ and Microwave. Herbert, Palmer. Did anyone roll out the a double punt Herbert team? That would have been the nuts, right? Herbert with Palmer and Guyton. Or even you could have tossed Cook in there. I guess he, he didn't do much other than that one touchdown. That would have been nice. The Herbert double punt is what I wanted my uh, Mahomes stack to be. Gabe Davis was a nice pivot there. If you were looking for salary relief, I like that play. His role's really been growing. His package has been growing. It's so funny, too, because you guys are, I actually think you guys are sharp uh, with, you know, I would be like, oh, you can't play Seahawks D this week. And then you know that everyone in the Deposit Kingdom tournament isn't going to play Seahawks D. I apologize, Cooter Doodle. I forgot your children were watching. Cooter Doodle, you have to be excited about the Saints. Big win. Kamara. I mean, how how bad are the Jets when they don't have Michael Carter and Elijah Moore? I mean, I was looking at that box score this morning. I mean, it is it is bad. Writing up recaps for some of those games is just so depressing. Like trying to write the even the Panthers, the Panthers Falcons game. I I just I couldn't bring myself to to write anything about it. Robbie Anderson had eighty three yards receiving. Cam Newton should have had a bigger day. They're pulling him in and out of the lineup. Wait, how did Austin Walter ruin you yesterday? Were you? What did what was Austin Walter's line? Hey, Cooter Doodle, a win is a win. A win is a win. Let's not look a gift horse in the mouth. Fine. I'll check it out. 105th. Need some is this Superflex help or San Francisco help? One oh five. Coach, what do you coach? Tony, what do you coach? Joe Burrow. Oh wow. I love it. The Joe Burrow, Chase Higgins, Debo Jeff Sam or uh, Jeff Wilson. I love onslaughting that game late. Had Gerald Everett. Gerald Everett at two point five percent is really nice. Obviously, you wish you had Lockett instead of Everett. Little correlation with Fournette and Cole Beasley. Man, I, I really like this lineup construction. It's It sucks so much uh, to get that negative one from the Texans D, but I did it too. I had that too. Also, I'm curious, Tony. Oh, nice. High school basketball coach. This is a, this is a good question. Peter, have you met your DFS goals this year? And what is your ultimate goal this season? So I would say my realistic goal is to be profitable in single entry in three max contests, which I am on the year. I'm profitable in my own stuff and in my tilt space stuff. I think I'm 
I need to update my spreadsheet after this week, but I think I'm up 6K across tilt space in my own single entry in three max play. So that is, that's my most immediate goal. My ultimate goal is to win a spy. I keep playing these contests. I guess I could try to circumvent it and only play double spies and only play, you know, the sub 500 entry spies. But I, I really want to win a spy. I really want to win this 400K, 100K to first spy. That That's the ultimate goal. This is the tournament I've been playing the longest. I really, really want to win this tournament. That's the ultimate goal. So I I guess it's it's weird in that I, I don't think of it as a a set percentage necessarily because I, I do think that um I think it differs for each person, but I'm pretty consistent about I'm playing five hundred to seven hundred dollars a main slate on my own stuff in the spies and single entry tournaments and then you know the rake free contests. And then we generally have about 2,000 to 2,500 collectively in our tilt space lineups. So that's another 700 or so. So that's that's generally about my volume. And I've just been pretty, I stay consistent with it. I'm not, I, I, I'm not much of a, a shot taker. I guess you could t- say I'm, I'm a bit of a, a nit with my bankroll management, Um and I just have realistic expectations of this money. Like I, I'm, I, I'm joking about the min cash, but when I, you know, enter those tournaments, I assume I'm going to brick out. I assume I'm going to be here on a Monday morning, uh, talking about how I didn't win, uh, because I'm trying to get first. But if you're strictly a tournament player, I, I, I do really think that you should plan out your bankroll relative to the amount of weeks that you want to play. And you could maybe give yourself a little more flexibility there and say, all right, what's my bankroll or how much can I get down on a weekly slate? If I lose, I'm losing, you know, 60 to 70% of my action every week, which basically bakes in a few kind of min caches for you along the way that kicks back some entries and then run that. And then just make sure, Hey, I, and I know I'm going to want to be playing the spy on the wildcard slate and the divisional slate and just being realistic about the contest you want to play and having the bankroll for that. I, um, I also very much subscribe to the can't lose sleep at night territory. I refuse to play stakes that are too high to where I would ever feel sick to my stomach or not be able to sleep if I bricked out. I'm not losing sleep over this shit. Same with NFTs and all of that stuff. If I'm gambling on a mint, I am never going to put so much in that I can't sleep at night. Even if I think I have a plus EV spot. It's just not not how I'm going to operate. I'm depressed enough as is. This morning, and I'm playing well within my bankroll. How do you win sleep? My, I, I need to get back to my good habits. It was, it was, I, I remember this night vividly because it was the wild card game last year between the Browns and the Steelers. And we had spent so much time over on ship chasing with Leone, with Gretsch, with Karain, building our FFPC playoff lineups. We were deep into the weeds, and we we had crushed those early games. Like we were set up to have this incredible portfolio of teams in this playoff contest. In that Brown Steelers game, which I think you might remember, and I'm getting to the point of the sleep. I promise that game just shoots out. And it basically obliterated a lot of our angles that we had taken and a lot of our fades. I don't remember the specifics of it now, but that game was super bad for us. It also ruined a bunch of DFS play. I think I had a couple top five teams that didn't even cash because that game just went so nuclear. And I was so mad that night 
that I said, I'm just leaving my phone at my desk. I'm not, I'm not taking my phone up to the bedroom, you know, when I dick around on it, when I'm brushing my teeth and, you know, laying in, in bed before bed, laying awake in bed before bed. And, uh, I kept that habit through, it was like April or May. Cause Davis and I then made a bet as well. Um, and my sleep was so good when I'm not on my screen before bed. But then once the season started again, or maybe best ball season, best ball season really ruined it back in July. Then I had my phone with me uh, before bed and my sleep is bad again. I mean, I, I, I sleep fine. I'm getting my eight hours. I'm like midnight to eight. But the key to unlocking truly good sleep is to leave your phone at your desk. Thank you for attending my Ted talk. I didn't sleep well last night, not over my limit. Just like, damn. Yeah. Yeah. I will say it helped me. I was so excited for the succession finale and it absolutely delivered that I was able to shake it off. And then I remembered I had to get up <laughs> and, and do this recap review. Well, cooter doodle, I don't have children. I, I mean, you guys are absolute heroes. I, I truly don't know uh, how you guys do it. All right, guys. I'm going to pack it in. I have to go finish the newsletter. I have to go get my booster shot. All the fun stuff. Uh, I appreciate you guys hanging out. We will be back uh, tonight for a showdown cram. Highly recommend checking out Run the Sims. 10% off. They got weekly packages. The only site that continues to nail Cordero Patterson every single goddamn week. RunTheSims.com. Enjoy your Monday, guys. We'll rebound from this. I know we will.